0: Hey, what's up everyone out there, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. Today we got uh, Jordan in the studio, we got Josh in the studio, and we thought it would be a good time. We've kind of covered like a lot of things steelhead fishing this year, but we haven't really dove too much into the gear. So we thought it would be fun to just tonight just talk about rods, talk about reels, some of our favorite ones which ones we like to use for different setups. But before we get that going, we got to give a huge shout out to Nick Wax. Shout out to Nick Wax for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys don't know what Nick Wax is, it is a waterproofing reviving liquid that you can put in your washer, washer Gore-Tex, or your waterproof material, and it'll help kind of revive it and keep the, the beating going on the on the old jackets and coats and bibs and whatever it's magic. else. It is. It's pretty magical, it's magical stuff. So shout out to Nick Wax. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Let's just jump right into it. Josh, what's your favorite steelhead rod? Uh, right now, yep, uh, ten six foot rod. GSP, probably probably like, a GSP. Like I haven't like fished them. the X rods enough to say yeah. like that's the one, but I've been really impressed with the GSP, especially because yeah. it probably speaks to more of the audience, like the price point and like yeah. overall quality. And as everyone knows, we're sponsored by Okuma. We love Okuma. They're one of our
0: partners. They make they make great rods. So we'll talk a little bit about Okuma and kind of which ones we like out there. But more more than anything, just kind of pay attention to the sizes and the actions and the lengths and everything that we're talking about. Because you you, know, you don't have to buy the brand that we fish. It's just something we like. So use whatever you got or whatever you want to use. But let's talk like actions. You know, for me, I, I definitely, for the longest time, I preferred like a way longer float rod. Like I, you know, if I could, I would, if I could find the right rod, I would fish like an 11 foot, yeah. 11, three, 11 two somewhere in there. In most scenarios, in most rivers. Now, there's some rivers, if you're fishing super small creeks or things like that, you wouldn't want to have that long of a rod. That's what's interesting about the guys in the Midwest. You know, and I'm sure some of you guys out there are are listening to us, but a lot of these guys over there use these rods that are, like, giant. Like, 13, 14, 12 feet. You know, like, I think that Lama Glass Closer rod, what is that thing? It's like 13 feet or something. 13, I think. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you think they use such huge rods in such small bodies of water? Because they use 15 foot
1: liters in split shot. <laughs> the only they can cast. No, I'm just kidding. Ninety percent of them are probably center pin fishermen too. Exactly. Right? So you're but talking way more control over. Any that line. kind
2: of float fishing though, still like I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of a 10 and a half foot rod. I feel like it's a lot of times it's overkill, especially if you're, you know, if you're bank fishing, it's a little edge. Yeah. But at the same rate, another 12 inches of reach. At when you're already fishing in you know nine and a half, almost ten foot rod, I don't think does a whole lot for you. Um, and I say it all the time. People ask like, "Well, you know, should I get this 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 rod or this rod?" And, and spend all this money on a float rod. And you know, honestly, you could probably float fish pretty effectively with a ten and a half foot stick. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you there's no sensitivity involved. It's more mending. It's fast action. It's a stiffer rod, and it's you know it's not as important to have like a super high quality float rod in my yeah. opinion. Oh, it's, yeah it's just lighter that's i really will say says, though say.
0: and as you get more into float fishing i think it does i think it makes a huge difference and the biggest thing i think is the casting like if you pick up a rod that's like not doesn't have the right action and you try to cast a fixed float or a light float with a light jig you're going to be struggling all mm-hmm. day long you're going to be annoyed whereas a lot of these 10-6 rods that are made for float fishing with these six to You know, these 6 to twelve, six to 15 you know, medium, fast-action rods, they're made to, like, flick your wrist, and that freaking setup is going to go flying across the river as far as you want it to cast. So there is advantages in that, but at the same time, just like Jordan said, my first two years of steelhead fishing, or a year and a half, I was using a 9-foot freaking... Yeah. A 9-foot rod. I don't even remember the brand name. It's just whatever I had laying around the house. And I caught a lot of fish doing it, but as I got more and more into float fishing and wanting to... Master it, you just realize how much nicer it is having a, a more quality rod. It's even when you're fishing all day, like just having it be lighter That's in what your I was hand gonna say. when you're holding. You're sitting there mending all day, and a lot of times when I'm float fishing, I hold my rod up over my head a lot to keep my line off the water. And so, having a you know a higher quality rod is is important. I think if you're going to really get into it, you know if you're going to really get into it, it's I think it makes a huge difference. But you know, like, you like that nine 9.9, and that's what Cam likes, too. Mm-hmm. So the Okuma makes a versatile.
2: And not a, a sales super versatile, pitch, but right. I'd probably, at this point, I'd probably fish Okuma even if I wasn't sponsored by him. You yeah, know, I really the, like him. The yeah. price point and everything, and then this, I mean, the the, the, the uh, abuse that I've put on a lot of my guide selects, yeah. you know, when they haven't broken, and yeah. they don't break easily, and I do things all the time to them that where they should break, but... Um but yeah, I don't know. I I, I'm not the biggest fan of a ten six. And it's more so just because of you know, it's a little it's just another foot of of something to deal with Uh in the in the trees or blah blah blah. You know. There's a lot of different reasons, but it's definitely
0: it's I've definitely found over the years it's a preference thing. My
2: favorite one so far is the nine ten X rod. That's a pretty sweet rod. I it really think,
0: is. I love that. That's one. Do you have that one, Josh?
2: I don't think I do have that. One. That's the I one you need to get. Might have that one. I'm not sure. That's
0: the one you need to get and fish or use because that that nine ten X float rod is by far
1: very similar to something else you used to really yep. love. Yeah. The
0: nine ten Lamaglass XMG is the the rod that that's modeled off. Same action, and I absolutely loved that Lamaglass XMG rod. And Josh Cooper, who used to work at Lamaglass, designed that original. 910 xmg and that the thing just the action of it and the the balance of it and he was able to mimic it almost to a t in this x rod super light super well balanced if you put a 2500 to 3000 reel on it and it's just really fast action so when you lift that thing up i mean you can see your ro- your line just f- right off the water super quick to the hook set um it's a great rod it's expensive and i will say like they're not near as durable as A a guide select pro, in my opinion, like I've beat them up. I've definitely put. But they're a much different rod. Yeah, I've put some abuse on my X rod, so they will handle abuse. But they're not. Those guide selects are like workhorses. Those things you can do. Yeah, I
1: don't. They're not indestructible, but they are like literally workhorses. Yeah, you're like beating the brush kind of rod. Like it doesn't matter. You're not worried about it.
0: The cool thing on the Akuma stuff out here is, you know, a lot of places you can just walk right. Most you know the X rod, the guide select pros, they all have lifetime warranty so you can just walk right into most stores mm-hmm. in the northwest and get a brand new rod if you break it so so if you're out here in the northwest that's an awesome selling point if you're out in the midwest and you don't have okuma out there you better start asking your local retailers to bring them in or get on okuma.com yeah, okay. yeah okuma, okuma usa okuma usa yeah no uh oh, let's talk a little more actually so you were talking you don't like you don't really like the 10 foot 6 and i think maybe the differences between that kind of from where i come from and you come from is you grew up kind of like fishing out of a raft a lot being mm-hmm. in a boat where I grew up like fishing the bank and going to some of these huge rivers where you need ten six eleven six. you need a lot more rod to be able to float fish effectively
2: you know why I say something like that is I would take a, a nine nine or a nine foot rod and the right line mm-hmm. over a 10.6 with the wrong kind of line or old yep. or old braid or something mm-hmm. like that you know what I mean that's why I say that because you can still make your man, You can still properly fish certain drifts and, and get, get your stuff in the water with a little bit shorter rod. Yep. Um, as long as it's paired with the other right components. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know. So what I, what I picture needing a longer rod for is, like, I can, I can, like, vividly
0: remember holes, like, in my head. But say you walk up to a hole and, you know, it's a medium-sized river, not necessarily a huge river. But what happens a lot of times is you may have, like, slow water right in front of you. And then in the middle of the river, you're going to have some current. And then on the other side of the bank, you're going to have more slow water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, what you're wanting to do is get your float into that slow seam on the other side of the fast water. And if you don't have the right length rod to do that, you are not fishing that effectively ever. Because you can't keep your line off of that current. So, But again, the only scenario, I mean, bank fishermen is where they're going to super excel at that. And then... If you're fishing bigger rivers, you know. If you're on little, tiny, small rivers all day, like you know, we have a couple of local creeks that I never take a ten six rod.
2: I always take, take it's either. too much. You're in the trees. Yeah. You're yeah. you're constantly hitting stuff. Can't you even know, set the hook. Good. It's hard to walk through the, the yeah. brush with it or yeah. anything. You know.
1: I've yeah. noticed when we're in your raft. I mean, it's almost like a nuisance to have a ten six. Yeah. It's just it's too much. Yeah. Like that nine nine. If you were gonna buy one rod yeah. to seal it fish, the yep. nine nine would probably be the one. Yeah. Because you can still fish off the bank effectively. And then you can jump in the raft with a buddy and yeah. fish effectively.
0: Okay, so that's so. What about reels? I, you know, let's talk a little bit about size of well, reels. Before like, we do that, let's let's
2: talk about like your your other favorite rod. Like, well, I was gonna go to other
0: techniques. Like, okay, we'll talk about the, we'll, we'll, uh, So okay. we're kind of talking a little float fishing, like float fishing uh-huh. rods, right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. So let's just talk a little, really quick, like reels. When you're pairing a reel with your float fishing, I like like a twenty-five to three thousand. That's like the size that I like. I know, Jordan, sometimes you like to fish a little bigger.
2: I like it 4,000. Yeah, Jordan does, for almost, sure. I'm um, in the same ballpark as Maro. I'll take I'm I'll take a couple labs. more ounces of, of weight on the reel to have that much more line. Yeah. You know, I've been spooled multiple times and always wished I had a little more line, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know Stephen Cameron went over to the C40s on a lot of his stuff. But, you know, there's even times where I just – I
0: i like so i'm when, always when scared of run it
2: out of line on certain fish well a lot know? of times
0: too you're using your rods for salmon and steel mm-hmm. you know and that's one part of the reason like i have i'm not guiding so i don't have to have four or five setups like right. you do six yeah. setups whatever you gotta have so a lot of times i like to have like my specific like this is my steelhead float rod this is my salmon float mm-hmm. rod um so that's why i like a lighter a lighter setup and honestly, with the way braid is nowadays, you know, you're fishing these eight carrier braids, that, you know, are you know, you're fishing a thirty pound, forty pound test, which is the diameter of like an eight or ten pound you're model. You could put three hundred yards, yards of line yeah. on your freaking reel if you wanted to. Right. If you're getting spooled to three hundred yards, you need to tighten your drag.
1: Yeah. Or something like. For me, it's always been a balance issue, and it kind of goes back to like what you're talking about with a lighter rod like mm-hmm. I have really bad carpal tunnel so for me it's like to have a lighter rod it's like that a couple ounces that you're like meh if I have to hold my hand in the air all day my hands go completely numb and yeah. when it's cold right. out it's miserable
2: and they're numb already yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it's horrible
0: yeah so I tried to get I got I think I jumped up to a 35 because I fished I was fishing the Okuma RTX's and I jumped up to a 35 versus a 30 because Jordan was fishing them and I was instantly like I don't like this. It's too, too big. Like it yeah. just felt heavy to me. Right. It felt heavy and big. It felt unneeded, like right. unnecessary for a steelhead, but Yeah. Again, it's preference. That's why I want to talk about it cuz mm. it's cool. You know, people everyone out there likes different sizes. And, so, and I think so most of the companies out there, they either have like what they either do it in like 10, 20, 25, 30, 35, 45 like in those numbers or they do it in like 1000, 2000, 3000, 2500 3500 um so those are the sizes <clears throat> usually you can just stick with that first number like just go to like one to three so basically if you're if you're out there and you're trying to get started or you want to buy a new rod and reel setup for float fishing i would definitely go with like a 2500 up to like a
1: 3500
0: 4000 mm-hmm. but don't, you don't want to go any bigger than that and you probably don't really don't want to go any smaller than that for sure, sure. yeah yeah um, cool now let's talk a little bit about other rods that we like so what about when you're like casting spinners and hardware and spoons and stuff like that what do you prefer like length wise and and all that
2: you can go first Uh, you know i really do i really do like you know the 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 baitcaster x rod the nine nine i thought nine nine would be a little bit too long normally i wouldn't use like a nine nine rod for throwing spinners or anything Mm -hmm. like that but I have noticed with that longer rod and the design of that rod, the weight and like the, the way it's built, you can get you can cast a lot better. Your precision. Especially just like exactly, better. especially with the bait casting reels, which it can be pretty tough for people at times. Um paired with that Helios, it's it's ridiculous how accurate and how easy you can flip and, and cast. Where normally you'd think you'd need a shorter rod for that in the past. And I was thinking about it while we were having this conversation, like, man, when's the last time you heard somebody say eight six? But I, know, I can right? honestly say we probably all caught our first steelhead on an eight six rod. Yeah, that was you know like, what I mean. That
0: was like the staple steel. Yeah, I was like but I was that's just because a laughing. lot of guys back then and and us included drift fished. Right. Mm-hmm. And like everyone drift. Fished well, it was more. Like of, it was more of the, what was
2: available too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the same time, yeah, it wasn't you know? so all
1: was those longer lengths. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's but, true. But no, I like at least over nine foot these days. Really, um, you know, nine foot to that nine nine. And it's funny. I say I wouldn't. I didn't think I'd like the 99, but it's more because that's what most of the of the GSP bobber rods are. They're all nine yeah. nine, and it steps right up to the ten six. And I wouldn't fish those rods fishing a spin or anything like that because you just you don't have that sensitivity. But in certain rods, especially a bait casting rod, um, you have that sensitivity, and it, you know it's it's a unique rod. But that and then the nine 9-3, three, the 93 X, and the spinning as well as, or or the I think the other the GSP is nine two, correct? yeah yeah but the nine two and that is like i mean it's one of the best spinner rods that i've ever i've ever really fished you know there's been a lot of different ones on the market and so do you
0: like do you and both of you answer this would you rather fish a a casting
1: rod or a spinning rod for when it comes to hard work? i like spinning yeah because my that's for my personal preference more i'm more accurate too with yep. a spinning rod but I've have picked up that that nine nine and cast it around with it and it's it's pretty good, but I just feel more comfortable throwing spinners. Yeah. But I must you can't say extend it, your drift like you probably can with a baitcaster. Right. Like you can't extend that spinner back in a little bit. I mean,
2: you, you, I mean technically you can. You can you yeah. just dump some line out, use yeah. your finger or whatever. But um, honestly, I think a lot of the – I I'm, uh, keep pushing. I'm not trying to sell you guys things here. But that 9.9 that or that 9.3 baitcaster setup with the right reel, it's like – made me a more accurate and better caster with a with mm-hmm. a bait caster. Like I didn't you know, me and Cam went and hiked up some small creeks uh, this last weekend and like he never said anything, but I knew he was impressed because I was impressing myself. Like I was he's like, Oh, there's a fish right there. A little further and like I was hitting spots that I like was aiming for, but I was putting it within like inches of that spot. Right. And I don't think I could have done that with a, a lesser again, rod. Or a differently designed rod. Just being able length. having everything going, you know, meshing together. I don't think I could have hit those spots to a T like that with, with a spinning rod, you know, because you'd have to stop it and then you get that spring back mm. and you'd be hitting, you know, you wouldn't be casting the same as you would with that baitcaster. Um, but normally I would say baitcaster because you can, you know, you can do the skip cast. You can do different styles of casting that like get you into weird spots. Um, but then we're kind of going off on a different tangent there. But, you know, I, I'd i say spinning is more versatile, you know, I think so. Yeah. I like spinning and I like
1: that nine foot, eight to 17. Ever since we went to Alaska, that has been like from steelhead to coho to salmon. Like, right. I love that spinning rod. Yeah, so
0: I think that's kind of, that's definitely the consensus that I've seen with most hardware rods. Any, If you guys are going out to the store and you're looking for a hardware rod, look for something that's like oh, over faster. nine foot in that eight to 17 pound action. That's going to be like your prime hardware rod. Um, and I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, I fish spoons a lot. With hardware, so I much prefer a casting right? Casting mm-hmm. setup. I don't fish as many spinners, I need to get into fishing more of those, but yeah, I, I prefer a casting setup just because of the versatility of what you're able to do with a casting setup. But it's definitely more of an advanced method and something you want to get into. Well, in we could day probably day. all
2: attest to at the same rate if we're talking that same rod. Um, you know, a bait caster if we're going to be drift fishing, you know, it's the same with kind of hardware. I'd probably prefer a bait caster for drift fishing any day, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But
0: a lot of guys do it with spinning though and well that's all everybody
2: especially all the side drifters out there all the people that fish those big rivers and everything they're all using spinning and it you know kind of shocks me sometimes but yeah, you out. can't you can't put you can't spend half your day trying to teach somebody how to spinning rod
1: would feel weird to me, drift fishing for sure
2: when you go to certain yeah. like places yeah. and they're using freaking um uh, monofilament mm-hmm. and the spinning which is really weird you know, yeah. can't feel anything you just wait yeah. for a fish to start swimming away yeah
0: yeah that's true Bye. that's true all right. Well, what other see what other rods we use for for steelhead here? What's another one you want to talk about? Like, what's another action?
1: You know, I, what, I don't drift fish enough to speak on that. Like, maybe Jordan drift
2: fishes more than I do. I mean, not really. If we get free time to go fish, yeah. Usually, it's, we're either filming or or we're guiding. So it's like, you know, am I going to really sit here and rig up my drift fishing rod constantly <laughs> yeah. while somebody's already putting a float through there?
0: Well, honestly, that any anything that's in that nine to three, six to 15, it's like, a
2: very versatile rod oh, over yeah. nine,
0: over nine foot in like a six to 15 range is what I would look for if I was a drift fishing setup. Again, it's good to have a little bit more length, hold your line off the water, control your well, no beginner drift.
2: fisherman's going to be going out and buying two rods, right? We can probably confidently say that a lot of time. And I would say if you're just getting into it, when I was a beginner, I bought
0: like 20 rods, right? <laughs> even, even
2: you accumulate this stuff, you know,
1: <laughs> you definitely accumulate this stuff, and
2: but. I would say, like, if you want a rod where you can cut your line and put a bobber on and fish it and then, you know, cut your line and put, put a spinner on and, and do whatever and then try to drift fish, getting into that 9.3 range, that GSP 9.3 or any of the other models, you know, Lamaglass a Glass or, or Loomis or anything like that, getting that over 9-foot rod will allow you to be, you know, effectively you fish out. all kinds of different methods and not have to, and not be missing out, you know not what I mean? I'd rather have a little shorter moments. rod and be able to bobber fish than... Go with too long of a rod and be completely, you know, complacent, trying to gear fish or hardware fish, you know. So,
0: okay, so we talked a little bit about float rods. We talked a little bit about spinner kind of hardware spoon rods. Let's talk a little bit about. Well, also we talked about reels. We didn't talk. We didn't touch much on bait casting reels, but you know it's kind of the same thing. In anything into that, you know, like a two seven three. I just don't know the numbers on casting reels, but you know you're going to want something to medium, medium to small size. You don't want a big ass baitcaster on there. You don't need a line counter. You don't need any of that kind of stuff. So just a nice, good, low pro baitcaster. And there's a million different brands out there. We fish the Helios,
2: um, but you know a lot of people like the Carrados, Abu Garcia reels. There's some spending th- a little bit more. I mean, I feel like you can get away with a little bit cheaper reel if you're just the weekend fisherman. Yeah. When you, we're talking about a spinning reel, but you know, when you got? Two different reels sitting next to each other, one's fifteen or twenty dollars more. Yeah. I think that extra fifteen dollars, an extra couple bearings, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. spending a, a little bit extra money on those. I usually like has more adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's that's a little more important. And, uh, well, especially with
0: casting because if you can get those extra adjustments and stuff, it's gonna help you cast a lot better mm-hmm. with a casting reel. So, yeah, definitely spending a little bit more. I think those Helios reels and Okuma makes are in like a one fifty to two
1: hundred. Yeah, I think they're yeah,
0: like one fifty, right. and those are nice. They have like break an internal brake system and they cast really well, but same with Abu Garcia. I know they have, like, I fished back in the day when I first started fishing. I used that Black Max. Like, it was such a, it worked a fine though. cheap reel, and yeah. it worked fine. So, just whatever you guys can get out there for sure. Um, but let's talk a little bit about line. So, what about line? Let's start on, like, a hardware setup first. Like, what do you like to fish for hardware line? What are you typically putting
2: on your... Setup? I like to, like, go as small as possible, and I would never... It depends on where you're fishing, but I would never... I think make the the move to like a twenty or a twenty five pound braid. I just stick with a thirty um, yeah. and try to go. I I always like to use high viz no matter what. My biggest pet peeve is is a is a dark colored line when I'm trying to spinner fish and like pinpoint. And you like and braid, like, right? Let's back yep, up and yep, make sure yep, you yep. always yeah. braid in all in all rounds. So like
0: a high viz thirty pound braid.
2: Yeah high vis all day long and because especially with the with the you know hardware rod or or like a drift fishing rod because i'm always tying the bumper on that's a big mm-hmm. that's a big part of it um in those rods i want to be able to see where my line is i want to be able to like you know in low light or or whatever i want to be able to see where the end of my line is and where i'm working that spinner through yep. or that drift fishing. that is the worst
1: having dark. i line. hate
2: it when you get somebody, when you have a you know a super dark or black line almost and you yeah. really you're just fishing blind half the time and and uh, it definitely hinders your your uh, accuracy in, in your fishing. Um, but I like to stick with the thirty pound when we're talking any kind of hardware because it it actually sinks through the water. Yeah, you kind know? of lower lower yeah. diameter
0: of the line. It cuts through that water mm. column a lot nicer. Yeah,
2: and try to stay away from those floating lines. You know, a lot of them are floating, but those those Teflon lines or a coated line of any sort. Um, Dude, the it, tough
0: line tough line dominate is a great one to, to start with. Doesn't have any sort of external floating floating coating on it. Cuts through the water well. Right. I've I've used Tough Line forever. They have that Tough Line Force too, which is like a four carrier braid. Same thing, a little bit right. stronger. Yep.
2: Yep. Um, yeah. And it holds up well. You know, it's I think it's it's important to uh, especially with that braid on the hardware rod because you're constantly moving that line back and forth through your tip. It wears it out.
1: And I think sensitivity too. Running yeah. braid. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's the other thing with
2: braid.
0: Just like what Josh just said, your sensitivity goes. It's so much higher. Yeah, when you have braid, you
2: feel every little tick on every rock. Yeah, it's really hard to feel that. I feel mono. so. I just feel naked out there if I straight mono touch a rod that doesn't have braid on it now
1: anymore. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, anymore definitely is weird to pick up a rod with just mono on it. Yeah, cool. All
0: right, so that's talk about that for hardware. What about on a float on a float setup? So I can start this one off. I over the last few years have been. I used to fish 14 pound braid, then I jumped it up to 20, then I jumped it up to 30, and now this year I just rigged all my stuff with 50. Yeah. I put 50 wow. pound braid, and here's why because the more I've increased it, the m- more I can tell how much better that line floats. It's, just, yeah. it's
1: got more surface area. It's got
0: more surface, a little bit more diameter. And when you pick that line up, I mean, it just floats off the water perfectly, mm-hmm. and it's so much nicer for mending, so much nicer for controlling your float and controlling your setup. So Again, I don't have enough experience underneath of it. I've only had it on for a little bit. Last year, I used 40-pound, and I loved it. But I thought, man, if I'm using 40, why not go to 50? Yeah. You know, it's not hurting you in any way, shape, or form in my opinion.
1: No, it's not visual. They're not seeing it. No. I'm still stuck in the 30-pound realm, but I have thought about moving up to 40 because I know you guys used it a lot last year and liked it. Yeah. you get There's so many benefits to it. You get less tip wraps,
0: less wind knots. Higher diameter, it just has less, it doesn't do any of that So That's definitely why One I thing I will touch 14. on, and
2: I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, 50, maybe 60 pound test at times, um, it's just the floating ability of it and being able to mend and it doesn't get sucked down on those little currents and those boils. But one thing I will say about it, and I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Marlon, I haven't seen you do this lately, you've just been running that straight 50 braid to your swivels. With that heavy line, I feel like it is super imperative to use a bumper and add that bumper to it because... Again, the general the general scheme of it is that you want your line to float, and if you're trying to count on that line sinking through your bobber and going down to the bottom, you know you, you're not you're not calculating that when you're fishing. You're not thinking about how you're getting you're all that like line drag. Line floats exactly. Well, yeah, just in line. He's
0: talking about like a slide, slide float. Float. Oh, like a
2: slip. Yeah, boom. like he a bobber puts dog a, setup. He puts a bump on yeah. it, which a I lot, lot of don't. guys do religiously, that. and a lot of guys do. But also, so a lot of like guys might between. not be fishing those fifty pound tests and stuff. You know, and I, I don't know maybe i now, just don't I'm a little I, I can it, watch if you're fishing a river where
0: you have to get down fast and there's a scenario where you have to like get down super fast and i could see why you would do that but like i can watch my line sliding through the float and i can know when it hits bottom
1: yeah.
0: like i know when it bottoms out and it hits its thing and i you know it's i just don't want to tie a bumper on the reason i'm fishing is sliding float so i don't have to have a bumper right like it's like a whole extra step that i don't want to do and then yeah. I'm limiting myself to my depth unless I do a giant bumper.
2: Yeah. You
0: There's know, like, guys. How that, are you? How I are always you just calculate
2: and like think about the river, the run I'm going to, and I just try to think about what's the deepest run I think I'm gonna encounter, and I'll pull that much bumper off, and eventually it gets a little bit shorter, and you gotta add a new one. But I don't know. I just, Interesting. I, I just feel like I. But again, you know, you think you can tell it's getting down, but think about the speed and think about the line drag and and so on and so forth and think about when you put a spinner on 50 pound test and cast it or a, or a twitching jig even you know, a, you know a half a three quarter ounce twitching jig and you fish it and you're like man I, this is just not right it's not getting down there and i'm not getting the same presentation uh and i've just noticed it over years and by fishing like super high velocity rivers and and rapids and different kinds of water i really think there's times that I've, that I've not used a bumper and definitely seen the difference you know and it's different if you're from the bank as well i feel like too if you're if you're fishing from a boat and you're side drifting with your gear, and you're not relying on your stuff getting down and going away from you as much, not having that bumper, I don't think it hinders you as much. But if you're on the bank and you're a strict bank fisherman, I think having that bumper on the end of that that heavy line in particular is really important. So, um, but that's just my little opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've just uh, I've just never done it. I don't you know I've never i have never really focused on putting a bumper on a a on a sliding float. But I also, like, over the years have not, like, I predominantly fish fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, any chance I get to fish a fixed float, I'm fishing a fixed float.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, But, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I never thought much about it, like, as the drag. You know, if you're fishing a freaking 15-foot, 10-foot hole and you have all that braid sitting there vertical in the water...
1: That makes sense. The braid's going to drag. I mean, there'll be some currents, too, that would probably even pull your float down with that much drag. Yeah, or it yeah. might
2: not even sink. I, I've just yeah. seen it, you know, I've watched from a distance and watched clients fishing a tail out and, and so on and so forth, and there's a lot of times when you think you're fishing that you're just really not, you know, you're not getting down and you're not effectively getting in the zone, which is the most important part Are you, of So you're running, kind of
1: like, a 50-pound braid to, like, a 30-pound bumper No, braid, or no, you're like mono. 15.
2: I'll go, so like, a 15-pound fluoro right, or okay. a 20-pound fluoro. Um,
1: that's why I was wondering if yeah, it was yep. going to and another braid float I mean, a, or going there's all mono. kinds of
2: reasons why I like it more. But, yeah.
1: So I think it would be effective too just to run it straight to like another mono bumper almost. I mean a braid bumper.
2: Oh, just a smaller braid? Mm-hmm. You Possibly. could do that too. That Interesting.
1: Have to I don't know. Never tried. I have to play around with that. I know guys that do like... That's annoying though because that adds another step that I have to do. I know guys that do that for like <laughs> yeah. real leery Chinook, you know, like they'll tie into that, into the braid keep the braid out of the vision of the flow. Oh, yeah. You know, the
0: bait. Yeah. And that makes sense, too. Like, I've never thought about that. I just never, it's never crossed my
1: mind. I've, ne- I've always just My ran. thought's always been steelhead are so dumb they're going to bite it anyway. Yeah, I've always <laughs> just ran, my,
0: ran it directly to my braid. But that's a good little segue to stop on, I think. And we appreciate all you guys tuning in. You know, we talked rods, reels, line, all that stuff. Make sure you guys drop some comments. Let us know what subjects you want us to keep talking about. We'll probably continue to talk more steelhead throughout the rest of the you know, the spring until we really get into some salmon fishing stuff later in uh, early, early March or so. So thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate it. Don't forget, leave us a review. Check us out on our other platforms, YouTube, Facebook, all those, all those fun things. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys on the river. See you
1: guys Later. later.